Ladies and gentlemen, we are locked and loaded once again, this time with Filipina theater, film, art, entertainment extraordinaire, award-winning Jennifer Chang. <laughs> See, I always make people laugh when I introduce them because they're they like watch me perform <laughs> this craziness. Awesome. No, but I, I I I'm so happy to have you on the show because I mean I'm I see you doing so many big things and I just I wanted you to share your story because I feel like it's so amazing. You I I do can you duplicate yourself because I feel like you can you're like directing eight plays at once or something. I, I know you're Filipina and Chinese, but I feel like you're also Jamaican a little bit. Because Jamaicans have a lot of jobs, and you have like 18 million jobs. <laughs> You're multitasking like crazy. It's awesome. Oh my goodness. That's what somebody said. I mean, I definitely feel very human on the inside of my life trajectory. <laughs> well, you don't appear human, girl. You feel like, because you know, Shang-Chi, the new Marvel Asian American superhero, in some versions of the comic, he can duplicate himself and have like 10 or 15 people. So I'm thinking you might. Do that you would have be that? Useful. No, I think you have that same superpower, girl. <laughs> no. I assure you, I don't. And everyone asks, like, how do you do it? I was like, well, you should come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you have you have two do- you have two boys. I have two boys. You are a di- a you're, you're, you're directing at East West. Uh-huh. You're still acting. You're teaching. Well, that that I think is uh, yeah. I I don't really act anymore. No. Like, I mean, I don't have time. I well, we met because we because we yeah, met. That's true. That's where we met. We met at the Golden Hour All Star, UCB, where we had that. Where it was a whole bunch of oh, just yeah, incredible, that was amazing. like <laughs> cast of Asian American actors and creators. It was really cool, that and that's where we met. That's why yeah. I was so and and so that's why I assumed that you were an actor at first, and then when I read. <laughs> you're just you're everything. But tell me how you got into it. Like what? What was like? What was the first thing when little Jennifer Chang was a little kid and she's like, "I'm gonna do this one day." What was it? What was the? Tell me. Tell me how oh, you got yeah. into my it. My origin story. Yes, that's oh that's okay. that that's this this that that this <laughs> podcast girl. This is everybody's origin stories. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I grew up in Daly City, California. I was born in San Francisco. Wow. So you're Filipina, Filipina. Oh yeah, Daily City. Wow. Yeah. And and my, um, I was the first grandchild born in the United States. Okay. Um. So and when I was born, my uh, parents had emigrated with my mom, siblings, and parents. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a house um, with my aunts and uncles and grandparents. When we all familia, in, all yeah, of them, yeah, everybody all in one yeah. house. So my first language was Tagalog. Can you still, are you still fluent in Tagalog? Or? Yeah, I mean, my parents speak to us in Tagalog, but I'm very... It's kind of broken. But, but, you can, but you can understand <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, and if pressed, you know, and if whenever I've gone back to the Philippines and spent any amount of time, then I'm, and then I'm right, right back in it. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, we, we speak English at home. And I'm it's a trip, though, when you yeah. do go back home, and it's almost like, like that part of your brain turns on and you can... Oh, yeah, yeah, You can yeah, kind of speak yeah. it again. I have to say that, um, you know, because there, there are no pronouns in, no gendered pronouns mm-hmm. in Tagalog, like, I've always had some slight difficulty with that. It's not apparent because I think my brain, like, catches it quick enough that usually, I would say 99% of the time I get the right pronoun. Right. Um, but every now and then I slip, 
Um, but now with like, you know, we, we are paying attention to pronouns or we're talking about, you know, using much more gender neutral pronouns, sure, sure. which are actually in parallel to Tagalog. So my brain is doing like a hop, skip and a jump now. It, no, it, it's, it's true. I was just about to be like, yeah, it, no, right now we were having this conversation about the difference between the he and the she and all and this. They, and so yeah. like, I was like, oh, I should just try to use they all the time because it's the same as in Tagalog. But like sometimes doing the the math for that, I, I just anyway. No, yeah. I, and and there are times where I'll just flip and and I'm not even a fluent Tagalog speaker, but I'll flip the he and the she. It just <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, I know I'm going like way way back, but uh, my family did not like we don't have artists. At least, in, you know. Yeah, I was reading words. that you only you. I think it was you said on your on your on your other on your father's side. You have a violin player or a mu- yes, musician. My, my cousin, Mato, <laughs> um, he is a violinist and a musician. And okay. He has his own single out. Very cool. Right now. Give him a shout. What's in single? What's 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 the name of the song? Do you know? Balikat. Oh, it's a it's Tagalog. Yeah. Oh wow! Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a Filipino musician. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the Philippines. He's in the hey, world. if you hear this... Oh, he's in the Philippines. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I guess he can't be on the show then. <laughs> no. I mean, we do like a Skype thing, oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's in, involved in so many layers of the industry. But I think he gets it more from his mom's side. Okay. Um, because she was a concert... She is a concert... In your family, though, you're the only artist. I'm the only one. Although, you know, my father grew up um, playing the clarinet when he was younger. Sure. Um, kind of a quirky dude so (laughs) given the opportunity and there are strains of of like musicians and that sort of thing you know I mean Philippines I mean they were all musically inclined and and like to do all that stuff oh yeah yeah Yeah. but 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 actually getting to that point Mm -hmm. my mom loves musicals and so we would go see musicals awesome and watch movie musicals and um, you know, like any good Asian family, they made us uh, learn piano. That's required. And, uh, I mean, that's music. Music lessons are required. Yes, sing in the children's choir uh, and do ballet because we had uh, terrible posture, and my mom wanted to improve our posture. <laughs> that's really how it all started. <laughs> terrible. You look. It's all about appearances. Yeah, approve. Make make yourself look better and walk nicer. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you went. You were listening to. So was that what bit? Was that the bug that bit you when you started watching musicals, or was it, or was it when yeah, you got to perform? I mean, I, I think it was. It was all just sort of of interest, and then we ended up. Even though we went to ballet class, kicking and screaming, mm-hmm. we ended up really loving it. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. And then uh, and then I did some musicals in high school, and then was bitten by the bug. In that way, and it wasn't like I was like the star or anything like that. No, like, you don't have like to be. Third tree from the left, and I was like, "Ooh, this is awesome! This is great! <laughs> I'm here as a tree. This is awesome!" Yeah. Yeah. No. I was, I was like, "Wow, this speaks to me. I think I found my people." I feel like I think I might. I think I might want to be a tree for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, something about it. Uh, I was a real nerd growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my family all, like, I was that kid who got puzzles for Christmas because my extended family all thought that, like, oh, yes, we should keep promoting the fact that she's... Super know, smart and whatever. lots of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so it was 
semi-assumed that I would go into medicine or something of the... Hey, life. that's that's and how I, it is. Yeah. When you're smart, that's what it... I was supposed to be a lawyer. There you and, go. And they're like, yeah. what happened? You're... <laughs> what, what do you want to do? Thank <laughs> yeah. God. It's so disappointing that that's all you want to do with your life. Why? Telling stories? Really? What's important of telling stories? (laughs) (laughs) Flashbacks! Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm sorry! Sorry Sorry about that! Yeah, so I was saying, you know, I mean, this sounds so obnoxious, but school was sort of easy in the way that like I knew what that was no I feel you I'm I'm very I empathize with you in that way like it was like it was sort of like a okay I have to do this Mm -hmm. to get through to get to the the next thing yeah okay let's just go ahead and do this and whatever you know I I didn't have to put too much effort into passing school yeah or or like you knew how how to apply yourself in order to get the grades that you exactly make everyone happy yeah I mean I graduated senior class president girl <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew how to play the game. I saw Greg Brady do it in Brady Bunch, and I said, "One day I'm gonna be senior class president." And there, there you go. go. I put it out there in the universe, and there it was. I'm Filipino Greg Brady. I'm Filipino everything, whatever it is. I just attach it, <laughs> whatever pop culture phenomenon. That- <laughs> oh, yeah. And so yeah, and uh, and then and then I fell in with the theater crowd in high school. I was like, oh, "There's more to life." Yeah, no. More to life. There, there are different ways of spending your time, you know, and it sort of blew my mind. And you know, around the same time, like maybe right before high school, there was a touring production of Play Miz, and I saw people in it, and it somehow clicked for me when seeing the people on stage were different than the people in the pictures in my, you know. Yeah, because the, the, Les Mis was yeah. one of the first to start doing the colorblind casting, and, and, yeah, and like, like Leia was, was happening for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But even, even, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember how mixed it was at the time, but I just remember thinking, I was like, oh my God, people, wait, people do this, because those are not the same people in the, co- in yeah, arts, yeah, in no, the, I, yeah, and, know, and, and it's like, wait, it's not the same people, well, there's see, other people who get to do this, and you get, yeah, wait, so, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, no, I felt that same way when I saw Rent, and I was like, oh, wait, this is not the same. Oh, wait, I can audition. For- oh, my gosh, there's an opportunity to be. Yeah, and you, you just, you, a light turns on in your head, and you're like, I could do this. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's pretty amazing when it happens, but. Yeah, but I mean, but I didn't really see any Asian Americans really doing it. And in fact, when I kind of told my parents that I was interested in it, I remember they were saying, well, what kind of parts would you get, you know? Um, so I was very aware Which of that. Which was a very woke answer to really when they, when, when you think about it. When, like when, you, like they, they were savvy enough to know, guys, there's not going to be any parts for you. <laughs> yeah. Like what would you do? Well, what, what like, shows are there? I mean, we, we watch TV with you. I mean, there's nothing on there for you. And, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I was inspired by having had a high school guidance counselor who had said, you know, just because you major in something doesn't mean that that's the thing that you're going to have a career in. Right. And so I really took that to heart and thought, well, I might still be a doctor or I might still be whatever. But sure. this is I think this is what I want to major in because I'm very curious about this as an art form. I didn't, I didn't really envision myself. So you majored in theater. Doing it. Well, this is a, there's a circuitous route to that. <laughs> <laughs> in that, um, I strategically applied to schools that I knew all had great. 
program, mm-hmm. but I didn't apply as a theater major. Mm. I applied either <clears throat> undeclared or, you know. What, you did yes. the smart, <laughs> the smart way. You just because you knew that if you tripped and said I'm gonna go to theater school right from jump, your parents would be like, "Cool, you could go ahead and pay for that yourself," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something, yeah. right? So, so I got you know and. Um, I, and, and because people were wondering, like, it was such a weird group of schools that mm-hmm. I was applying to and not at all. Not at all. Like, <laughs> like, the, like, I like should the school be that you, right. Applying to, like I applied to Northwestern, NYU, UCLA, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really wanted to go to New York. That was just my dream. I just had this, I'd never been, but I just felt like, oh, I know I'm going to love it. New York, man. I love New York. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I luckily got in and I had a So where'd you go? NYU. Uh, my sister went to NYU. Oh, really? Yeah. So she had this to... very similar experience where she's like, I, I just have to be in New York. Yeah. It's like one of those, no matter what it is, I just... I, I just have to go. Like, yeah. I just, you know... Just to experience it and be able to say you, you were there. Yeah, yeah. I had such a romantic notion of what New York was going to be. So um, I, I applied, I got in, that was a school, I really fought my parents, they really wanted me to go to UCLA, and I was like, no, I'm going to New York, I got a scholarship, I'll do whatever I can, I won't ask you for money, you know, um, so, and I was undeclared, and I was kind of a psychology major mm-hmm. at the time, and I thought, well, maybe that was the thing, because I've always been really interested in human behavior. Sure. And, you know, what prompts people to be... Which definitely ways. lends itself to directing and all the stuff yeah. that you're doing right now, because yeah. you have to apply that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and my approach to acting, I think, has always been rooted in, you know, psychology and thought leading to action. So I, I thought, well, you know, I'll study this, but you know, I'll probably end up being a doctor or, you know, a psychiatrist or psychologist or therapist or something. So I went and um, fell in with a theater crowd there. (laughs) (laughs) And that theater crowd at NYU, you're talking about that hardcore theater. That's a serious one. Serious. That's the one, those are the lifers in that that crew. Sure, like who went to French Woods, summer camp. I didn't even know what summer camp was. I'd never been to summer camp ever. You know, like that's, that's not my culture at all. And so uh, I fell in with that crowd. I ended up auditioning to transfer into Tisch uh, and then got in. Like, this is all completely on my own. And then when I came home for Christmas break, I told my parents that I was going to be double majoring in theater and psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, you know, not to, I'm going to do this, but I'm also going to do this. Don't worry. And of course, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I did that. And then I was also an RA to try to, you know, keep all of my expenses down. And yeah. Especially at NYU. I know, my, I know just from my sister's grind, she had to do... You know, work oh, two, yeah. three different jobs and all the different... Because yeah. New York is an expensive town. It's expensive. So yeah. I had a work study. I was doing that. I started assisting a costume designer um, while I was there. So at, at, at a certain point, I had several jobs, which it doesn't look that different now. And I'd be hand-washing my but clothes. But part of it is, the, like, I know just from listening to your experience and thinking about my own experience from back when I started... A lot of it was because, in my case, I didn't have a theater degree, but I wanted, so I just started auditioning. Uh-huh. And through all the different experiences that I had, whether it was stage managing or, uh-huh. you know, work in the box office or anything that they would let me do uh-huh. in the theater, 
I ended up learning. Yeah. And you learn all the different facets of it to a point where you can... Oh, yes, totally. When I, and I did that in undergrad because I just felt I had such an imposter syndrome then. As sure. And also, I, I was pre-med for like a semester. Sure. <laughs> and then realized I was like, this can't be how I spend the rest of my life. Um, so anyway, so I was in the theater program and I felt like such an imposter with all these kids who'd been sing, you know, singing, dancing, acting, going to summer camp, drama camp, drama classes since they were kids. Right. You know, I mean, this it's a very intense <laughs> cohort of people like Bryce Dallas Howard was it's there. The, it's the same you know? with like, you know, like the, the, the mirrored my experience with Chicago theater because you have all these really people who've been doing it for their whole lives yeah. and here I am just jumping in. And yeah, family in the industry. But I think a lot of that is the Asian American actor experience, especially for our people in our age our yeah. age group. It's like we just wanted to be a part of it because there wasn't really even an idea of us to be a part of it yeah. when we started. Yeah, and, and just a curiosity on like how this all worked. So, um, yeah, and I tried everything actually because I I didn't like the idea of of an artist's life. Like I, I, it wasn't like I didn't see or had a romantic view of like what that would be like. Sure. It looked hard, you know? It is hard. It looked hard to me. So uh, I tried, like, yeah, I tried everything. Hey guys, all the young listeners, it is hard. It doesn't just look hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, I, I, I tried stage management. I was terrible at that. Oh my God. I um, assisted a costume designer, you know, I, gosh, I, I don't know, I, I tried a bunch of different things and, um, and still was reluctant about being an, act, an actor. Um, I had an inkling watching other people direct that I was like, oh, maybe that could be something. I think I'd have good ideas for that. But I never thought, oh, I could be a director, but I just didn't see anyone who look like me right. who remotely doing that. Right. You know, it was mostly boys, you know. Mostly boys. Mostly white. Mostly white, yeah. So, you know, and there was maybe like one or two outliers and they were maybe an African-American male, right? Right. Um, one African-American female. Uh, you know, and, and that was that was it. And I was like, wow. And I remember thinking, I was like, wow, I don't know how directors get the idea that they could be directors. <laughs> no, it's true. You have to have a little bit of, you know, to be able to say that you can direct people to create this. Yeah, this, and lead them. And, and yeah, and lead, be the leader of this whole thing and create yeah. this environment. It, it, it takes a little bit of audacity to, to think that. Yeah, and, and, and like, and then, you know, and then I ended up at the experimental theater wing. So there were, there were um, projects that we had to do that were self-scripted. So mm-hmm. in some ways, you weren't directing yourself or self-producing or like had to incorporate other people in your project, but I never looked at that as directing. And then we had to choreograph dances, mm-hmm. and that was also sort of, you know, directing. And I remember like, looking back on it several years later, people were like, oh yeah, that was one of the really well-organized projects or, you know, in the room... I was like, oh, cool, thanks, you know, and of course that escapes, <laughs> you know. You mind. forget while you're, because the thing about when, because I've, we're very similar, mm-hmm. like people say the same things to When's you. When's your birthday? To September 29th. Okay. I'm a Libra. <laughs> no, but like as far as multitasking, uh-huh. like for me, I, I attribute it to my attention deficit disorder. Uh-huh. Like I can't not do something, so I'm always doing something, uh-huh. right? And... I think it's very 
much a part of the Asian American experience that we have to multitask. You You have to. You have to be, I mean, I I quote Olivia Pope, right? Uh, Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Here we go. (laughs) Right? Um, Carrie Washington's character where she says, you know, you have to be twice as good to get half as much. I think that's true. You have to be excellent. I mean, I remember the first, very first casting um, ever that I went on. And I, I don't know if you remember when, when the union uh, had the, uh, the ethnicity boxes where you check the ethnic... You remember you uh-huh. the C and the B, AA and all that? And you check the, check the, you know, for the... And I remember all of it was the Caucasian box. Everybody was check the Caucasian box. And then there was just me and I checked the AP box. And I was man, this is weird. <laughs> because you really do. You have to be better than... All these people that have been doing it their whole lives. Right, to be able to see. Because you, you have to also have to make them, in some cases, reimagine mm-hmm. what they had thought of in the first place. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to being a director. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah, so I, I mean, you know, so I've been in, you know, rooms as an actor yeah. and learned a lot from a lot of people. And then my first show out of undergrad mm-hmm. was in a show that directed by Che Yu, the amazing, talented Che Yu. Victory Gardens. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I remember that he, he had this policy that I um, embrace today. Mm. You know, so I feel like so much of how I am as a director is really informed by how Che Yu is and was. And Shout I mean, out to Che Yu. I mean, I haven't worked with him in a long time, but, but I just remember being my mind being blown that there was this person who was leading the room, and when people would ask questions at table work, he would say, I don't know, we'll figure that out, or we'll discover that together. And the fact that he said, I don't know, and left room for collaboration and had the confidence to say that was just incredible, you know? And, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be sitting here really if not for Che. You, che Yu was the guy who got Magna Rubio to be at um, oh. Victory Garden. So Rodney and I both owe a lot to Che Yu. Yeah, oh, I yeah, no yeah. I mean, all of the, the the whole thing. Every all the we part of the reason why I started this podcast is I remember reading um, the Strasberg book, um, the Method, uh-huh. and. Uh, and how he would recount all the different experiences of the young actor's life, whether it be his or whether it be his uh-huh. students' lives. And I thought about it, and I thought, there's nothing like that for Asian American actor uh-huh. history. Uh-huh. And, and I think it's because we're living it now. Yeah. And when I see you doing things, and you went, I mean, you won an award last year. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, and, and, and you, you directed two critically acclaimed productions basically at the same time last year. Wasn't it, basically? Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> it was. I want to get into your creative... Pro- how do you choose a project to work on? Like, what, what, what's, the first, like what's the first thing on the checklist that says, okay, I want to do this? Well, if I have the privilege of choice, because that's you know, true. That's true. Thing, yeah. Like, right now, it's about do you even have the opportunity? Right. That's right? true. Right. Right. Um, but if I have the privilege of choice, then um, the kind of work that I champion and or pitch or you know try to 
you know, whatever. Um, it's always about the language. I love language. Mm -hmm. uh, I love um, wordsmiths. Mm -hmm. I love poetry. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm really drawn to words. <laughs> and the plays have to, you know, at least in my opinion, uh -huh. right, have to be good. You know, it might sure. not be good to somebody else, but it has to be good to me and love it because, you know, making anything, <laughs> birthing any sort of creation is hard. And you're going to be spending a lot of time thinking about it, obsessing about it, <laughs> you know, trying to figure it out, trying to solve all these problems. It's true. You have to love it in order to want to do all that or find your connection to it. Why the why, right? I think that's that's it. Even if Even if I don't have the choice and a project is presented to me, an opportunity is presented, then I have to find my very specific why I am doing this. Exactly, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's the same. I always remind myself why I'm doing this podcast <laughs> during the podcast. But no, a part of it is because through sharing your stories, uh -huh. I'm reminded of why I'm doing this because it's, it's incredible to listen to... Um, an Asian American artist and their journey uh -huh. because each one of us, like you said, you got to be five times better than the, everybody else in the room to get half as much. Uh -huh. And I, I, I just, it's amazing to me when I think like, tell me a little bit about the project that you're working on right now and, 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 oh, and yeah. like in the process, cause at first I want to talk about it cause I want people to go see it cause this, yeah, yeah. this episode's coming out. Yeah. Right when the play's in, so I, you should talk about it and talk, okay. about, talk about that experience. Yeah, so uh, the Hannah and the Dread Gazebo by Jihei Park just opened this past weekend. Just open, look at that, see? see Poignant guests. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, it's, it's, a, it's about a family, it's about a Korean-American family told um, in a magic, realistic sort of way that jumps time and style and it's a beast of a play you go many many places and time periods in 90 minutes so um it's it's been it's been a beast to tackle sure um but it has been just oh such a profound labor of love i might start crying already no wait now you said something you mentioned something when we when we when you first got here about being korean adjacent is that something to do with the yeah, the, the so, play I took Korean language classes at the Korean Cultural Center, which is awesome. Anyone who's at all interested in Korean culture and wants to explore the language should check out the classes at the Korean Cultural Center. I mean, the Los culture, Angeles in general, yeah, man, there's so much cool. The Asian American community in Los Angeles blows me away all the time. Yeah. Like the, the different programs, the different things, as far as like, when I was growing up in Chicago, we were trying to get to the spot where, where everybody is here because it's it just the population is here. It's where everybody's been and where everybody – it's a really nice community to be a part of because you can learn Korean. You can do yeah. all these different yeah. things. Oh, yeah, it's open, open to anyone and everyone who has an interest. It's like $50 for 10 weeks. You get a book and all these snacks. Yeah, no, it's like totally appeals to all of my Asian sensibilities. It's like it's affordable yeah, and there's yeah. food involved. Yeah, Girl. Everything. And so 
I went, and truth be told, it's because I kept getting sent out for Korean uh, roles. Yeah, well, because I look. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? We miscellaneous brown. That's yeah. that's the thing. We can uh, Filipinos in. It's very interesting the 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 different things that we have to deal with as yeah. far as the looks of yeah, the Filipino because yeah. we we span the the spectrum of all the different physicalities yeah. and looks and yeah, skin tones and everything. Yeah, and I don't look like what you know central casting would deem looks Filipino. No. so I never get cast as Filipino. Um, have you ever been cast as Filipino? No, never. 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 Yeah, um. <laughs> I, I mean, it's always been a stretch for me. I mean, I, the, I remember one of the first Magna Rubios, uh, Filipina lady, came up to me after the show and she said, are you Filipino? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm totally Filipino. I have the sun and the stars tattooed on my back. You're not Filipino. You're Mexican. And she walked away. Oh, my God. So yeah, it's just no. how it goes. No, that was um, actually, and that's. Going back to the Cheyu experience, um, that's how Mia Katigbak, who runs Natco and Shane Valdez Aran, found out I was Filipino, because I didn't think I was Filipino, was that I, I was in the chorus of the show, and I ended up being like choral captain or dance captain or whatever, and then I heard them say that, oh my god, all the girls were sintonado. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started, I, I had to stifle a laugh and like look down, and then they realized that they'd been caught. Because <laughs> you get that, you gotta be careful yeah. <laughs> speaking Tagalog with folks, and then you're like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that African American back there was Filipino." <laughs> so then they asked me, and then they realized that I was Filipino. But anyway, um, so that's how I ended up taking Korean language classes, mm -hmm. uh, and I took them for a year and a half, actually. And that's how I met my husband. So talk about a love language. So wait, <laughs> now, did you use the Korean language in the play you're working on now? Oh, yeah, you're, the, no, the, a good portion of the play is in Korean. Oh, wow. Without subtitles. Wow. Yeah. That's hard to direct, but you were able to... No, but you are able to get the actors to, to get them well, done. I mean, Jihye uh, originally wrote it in English and okay. had the English translated into Korean. So, you know, so they both exist in... Oh, Korean, okay, okay. But it's meant to be performed without any subtitles. Okay. And I know through the actor's physicality. Right, so, right. You know, Almost like the Skarmouche yeah. game where you don't really... It's gibberish, but you still can get your point across. Yeah, with yeah, your, yeah. And there are yeah. some certain, you know, markers in in the, both uh, written into the script and how we we are performing it that help you understand sort of the context mm -hmm. um, that's happening. So, I mean, I think it, it's, uh, it's so special that our entire cast is Korean-American. You know, this is written by a Korean-American playwright who wrote it for her family. You know, it's not an autobiographical piece, but even it, in some of our dramaturgical discussions about the play, you know, I'll ask her, well, you know, about a certain thing, and, and she just says, well, it's for my family, so that, that detail is not that important, you know? And right. So it really is. It, that really is actually more important. That, that's yeah. it. It's like for her family, yeah. and by extension, for the Korean-American community. So yeah. I really hope that the Korean-American community, or much of, you know, there's such a strong population here in Los Angeles, oh, yeah. gets to come see this, because, I mean... I am moved all the time seeing this show of watching a Korean, female Korean-American protagonist, you know, in all her complexity, tell the story of her family and what she... And that, look at me, I'm already crying. No, it's all good. And talk about, you know, 
since we're talking about representation, like what that would mean, that what that means to me as somebody who even like looks remotely like this yeah. person, but to see that reflected on stage and have this story very unapologetically told through that, through the medium, through like an East meets, meets West sort of style yeah. that is probably confounding to people who want, you know, a Western well-made play. Um, not that this isn't well-made, but you know what I mean. No, I, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. And I think, I think, I think your passion for that representation shows mm -hmm. because we talk about this all the time on this podcast with all the guests that we've had. You see from when we first started and the opportunities that were there to now mm. and how you have Always Be My Maybe and Crazy Rich Asians and Shang-Chi yeah. and all these different places where, wow, we're getting... It's happening in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways... I thought it was happening when we when I first saw Joy Luck Club because that's what got me. I was like, oh wow, there's there's Asians in movies. We can right. we can do it. And then Miss Saigon and all these. Right, but I know. feel like you know while those pieces were pioneers for us, sure. I think in a way there's still the the amount of translating slash being told from the lens of a Western yes. male perspective. Oh, I agree. Right? Like that's the central gaze through which these stories are being um, funneled, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And I feel like what is so special about Hannah that I'm so deeply proud of is mm -hmm. the fact that there's, there is no translation. It is yeah, Not it's literally problem. you. This you is, have to follow along. Yes, yeah. this is this is written by a Korean American playwright for Korean Americans. Mm -hmm. And if you are not Korean American, hope you know that. Not to say that you're not also included and invited to partake, but just know that this is this is not meant like you're not our central guest. Right, so. right, right. And I think that that in and of itself, that there can be a play now in the, in our time mm -hmm. that can exist solely in and of just for Korean Americans is pretty special mm -hmm. because I don't think that would have happened when we first started <laughs> acting. <laughs> no, no. I, I, and I remember I, I asked you, have you ever gotten to play Filipino? I remember the first time that I was able to play Filipino. It changed my life. Yeah. I mean, Magna Rubio changed my life. Yeah. No, I have I have yet to have that opportunity. You'll get it. <laughs> I know you'll get it. You'll get it or, or you'll write it yourself. Maybe. That's the. Uh, do you do you write? Do you do? do I you, do. We do. We do. That, so what? What? Um, I wanted to also talk about Chalk Theater because you're one of the founding members. Yeah. And like the mission behind Chalk, I was reading a lot about all of it, and it's very interesting to me. And I'd really love for you to talk more about that sure. because that's. I mean, honestly, it was completely an act of hubris on my part mm -hmm. to found the theater. It literally started in my living room. That's awesome. Um, because I wanted to do Three Sisters. And I had been talking to people about wanting to do this play. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, so when they do it at East West, you'll be able to do it. And I was like, okay, and this person is not an Asian person. I was like, whoa, one, I don't know if they'll ever do it at East West. And Two, why is it that I only got to be able to do it at East West? Right. Why could not do it at the Geffen? Yeah, exactly. I'm just... Yeah, well, that, that too. And also, right, like, the assumption that I would be cast in it like, right, that there, what, there isn't a population of people who would be auditioning? Right, there's only, it's just you, girl, don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> so many things to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. 
But I thought, you know, and then I had a reading in my living room about the play, and I was like, oh, I just, I just really want to do this play. I love this play. I love Chekhov. You know, that's also why I love Hannah, because it's so Chekhovian. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but um, uh, just like this, and I was like, why can't, why can't the siblings be Asian so that I could do it? No, <laughs> yeah. Know? But why can't everyone else be everything else? I mean, like, Russia is part of the Silk Road, you know, through which, you know, there are so many... There are many different... People. As much as Russia is a very white country, there is still a very... Oh, like mixture... Ethnic... ethnic mud, a lot of ethnic people there. Yeah, West, you know, Western yeah. China looks very... You know, just like the different, like, groups of people who sit in the China-Russia area. And at the end of the day, all these stories are... St- are universal. They're they're about relationships. Yes. So if you, can, I mean, we all have relationships. Yeah, that's, we all have families. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what like my favorite type of Asian American representation is that when it's just the fact that oh, oh, it's it's a story. Yeah. And hey, well, these guys happen yeah. to be Asian. Exactly. That's great. I was like, you too can experience have a universal experience. That's part of what I loved <laughs> about Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. Was just the fact that. Oh yeah, the two romantic leads just happen to be Asian, so there's going to be some Asian context in it, of course, and maybe they'll eat at an Asian restaurant and talk about Asian food. But yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, "Hey, we're Asian. <laughs> this is an Asian story." It wasn't like that. It was, no, no. and that I think is where, like, in the same way where you know your your play with Hannah, it's like this story is for you, yeah. for Korean Americans, and for your experience and. Yes. The more we do that, yeah, man, it's yeah. gonna be pretty. I mean, we, we have a lot. Of, sorry, I'm, no, no, it's all good. Turning me around. Um, <laughs> Echo uh, is actually a big part of the show now. She's been all on. <laughs> she's becoming a, a character in the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, we we've re- we really did a lot of dramaturgical work in uh, appropriate Korean gestures. The mm-hmm. difference between what would be American gestures and Korean gestures. What would be appropriate for a Korean American house? You know, not having shoes in your house. She look at that into the blocking. Okay, look at Jennifer is so Asian. I told her that I, I, this is a joke I tell to every every um, every guest from Crazy, Crazy Funny Asians. When they come to my house, they automatically always take off my shoes, and then I or take off their shoes, and I say, "My wife is white. You don't have to do that." <laughs> but Jennifer, when she sat down. To the podcast guest chair, she still took off her shoes and put them to the side because she's straight up Asian. She can't even she can't even perform in a house I, I without can't, shoes. I can't put my feet up. On my shoes. <laughs> you can't, girl. Be comfortable. <laughs> it's just not right. No, it's cool. Look at watch. No, I can't do it. No. That that looks weird to me. Okay, <laughs> I just put my feet up on my chair and I look really weird. But whatever. I hope I didn't. <laughs> So, you know, and, and, and it, it is very funny, you know, to watch how, like, in these mixed audiences that have been happening watching the shows, the Asians have just been eating it up, you know, eating up the humor. And it's not to say, like, oh, we're pandering to an Asian audience or that, oh. But why not? Why not? Like. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, 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 pander's the wrong word, but yeah. if, if, but why not? make a show for 
exclusively for you, for, for us. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. How many times, you know, I mean, we talk about all the different things that all the, you know, Hollywood gets to do. Yeah. Why not? Why not us too? Yeah. I mean, like the fact, like when Asians get uncomfortable about doing accents, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, when Meryl Streep, it's asked to do a British accent or, yeah. you know, Amy Adams got to do some kind of accent. They don't, yeah. She doesn't trip. Yeah. So why should you trip? Yeah, and and in Hannah, the, there we were working on so many different levels. Like some people, people are speaking English when they're speaking English. People are speaking accented English when they're speaking English, but are you know delineated as not primary English speakers. Right. But then we also switch back to English when we're allowed into the world of Korean speakers. Right. So anyway. It's no, it's a, it's a very it's a. I love plays like that, mm-hmm. that they're not, I don't want to compare them to movies because it's a different experience, but mm-hmm. when a play can take you from one ethereal plane to the next, <laughs> that's a very cool thing. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I want to see it because it opened this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come oh, see good, it. I'm good. Gonna definitely I, come. I can't wait to hear what you have to I'm going to have a review on Crazy Funny Asians. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but, um, but, oh, I should tell you how I ended up being a director. Please, that's what... <laughs> that's what, what she, she instinctually knew what question I was about to ask next. No, because, because we met as actors, as actors yeah. and I had assumed that you were an actor, and then yes. when I read up on you, I was like, wait, you're a director, and I want to know where that journey yeah, from I mean, actor... Because we started, you were in NYU, and you were doing all the multitasking... And then we skipped. Became, yeah. So now how, how did you become a director? Yes. So, I mean, I still joke around that, like, my heart is in acting, but the universe doesn't seem to want me to be an actor. The universe <laughs> seems to want me to be a director. Well, you can always, right like, now. Quentin Tarantino that stuff and just direct everything and then put yourself in it. Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I don't quite have that brain space yet. Also because the plays that I feel like I've been getting the opportunity to do have all been... Yeah, Just there would be no I, like crazy difficult plays, and then to have to, to also be in it would be ridiculous. Family drama, you know, it's all about the family in one time, linear timeline. Yeah, <laughs> these are not the plays that I'm being given to direct right now. So maybe in that world, I could come back to it. But in any case, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like I've. I've given up acting. It's more just that I, I, I've been following this slipstream of directing, and mm-hmm. my directing career just sort of took on a life of its own. Be like water. Be like water. No, exactly. It's true. But I, so in, so I, you know, I graduated from NYU, but I still wasn't convinced that I really wanted to be an actor mm-hmm. um, because I, I had felt such imposter syndrome and I felt like I was such a tourist in the way that I was sort of consuming no, I feel classes, you. just like oh, trying it out, studying it because I was passionate about it, but not because I was necessarily thinking it would be the thing that I did. And mm-hmm. I finished my double major in psychology. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll go and do, I'll be a therapist or whatever. And, um... And at some point, you know, after being on a show with Che, after doing more shows, I realized, like, no, you know, I have some unfinished business with my training as an actor, Mm -hmm. but now if I go, I'm going to be super serious about it, like a monk in a monastery, and throw myself into it, and I'm only going to go if I get into one of these five schools. Sure. So, and then um, I ended up, you know, visiting UC San Diego and kind of falling in love with the campus and realizing that I needed something different than 
being in New York because I thought I was going to be a lifer in sure. New York. Yeah. When I got there, because I I really did love. Well, New I York takes love, hold of yeah. you, and it you I I remember even just spending a week in New York. I'm like, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. Yeah. No, I I was yeah. definitely like a hard and fast New Yorker. Nothing outside of it's like you know in that stereotypical New Yorker navel gazing. Nothing exists outside of New York. And then I visited the campus of UC San Diego, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> There's an ocean. There's an ocean. <laughs> like they, the facilities are beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like maybe this is where I need to go, and and it's free to go to school there for grad school. Wow. So, so you you got a you got a scholarship. Well, you get a. Um, I got a scholarship my first year, which you don't always get, but your second and third year are all completely paid for. Wow. Um. Yeah, and and you get a stipend. Wow. So it was just like, of course I'm going to go. Yeah. Like I I went to grad school for free and, um, (laughs) I'm thinking about, but let me, let me stop this podcast and look up this. (laughs) Um, and, and, and so I went and it was life changing and also scarring because there's like definitely some, you know, EDI issues when it comes to, and I think this is, this is not a surprise, this is happening, you know, nationally, um, in training programs and in theaters Mm -hmm. about, you know, what is the dominant culture, how do we educate students of color, what do we say, you know, they can do, right? um, you know, all of that. Um, So, but landing in UCSD, um, there are two people who I have to really credit with, um, turning me into a director <laughs> and it's that our first year we had this dramaturgy class taught by Shirley Fishman the long time okay. dramaturg at La Jolla Playhouse and we had to study these really difficult plays sure and um, in in the studying of the plays we also had to put up scenes from the plays mm-hmm. as part of the study and you didn't necessarily have to do the thing that you know, take part in the, these projects in the in the discipline that you had come to school for. Sure. So, um, but the directors were still directing, and then we ran out of directors. So I volunteered to direct a scene. Mm-hmm. And the scene went really well. It was from Venus by Susan Laurie Parks. And, um, you know, Shirley said, you know, you could really do this. You have a director's eye. And I was like, no, no, whatever. But, you know, I think it sparked a real curiosity. So Shirley Fishman, if you're listening, she she would definitely tell people, and I've heard her tell people that she's the reason I'm a director. Well, <laughs> and, you know, like, I, hey. Totally full credit. Like, she she really gave me the idea. But, you know, you know it, it, sometimes it, it takes that one person to be like, you know, you you're do. you're good at this. You yeah. could do this. And it was just from one scene, but somehow it was. Because you know. it's funny what you when, the way you opened up that story with how because there's so many times we as Asian American actors yeah. get that. Well, you're really good, but I don't know how much. I mean, like yeah, Kelvin, his story, his story. When Kelvin opened up his story in in the, in the '80s, he talked about how there was a lady who, you know, it. it you're really talented but there's not going to be anything out there for you mm. and the 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 difference of having somebody tell you that versus mm. somebody telling you what you're you good can. at yeah that's a big deal yeah. it's a really big deal especially for young folks and and yeah it changes it, yeah. it can change the trajectory oh, yeah. of your life yeah no absolutely and um 
And then I begged my way into some directing classes while I was at grad school. Sure. Um, and um, begged my way into assisting for Darko Tresniak, who's the, I'm going to name drop because I... Girl, was, go ahead. Because um, you work with a lot of people. That's why you're award winning <laughs> now because you learn so much stuff I from them. I so much. Um, uh, Darko Tresniak, who won the Tony Award for Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Man. Um, but I assisted him on two shows, Winter's Tale and Comedy of Errors, when he uh, was running the... Um, Shakespeare season, the summer Shakespeare season at the Old Globe down in San Diego, mm-hmm. and also teaching at UCSD. Um, and how we met was that he was at first a guest director, and I got cast in a show that he guest directed, and then he ended up coming to school and um, and working at UC San Diego, taking the yeah. job. And so that's when we really, and he continues to be a mentor today, we still text. Well, because you're, you're a college professor now as yeah, well. Yeah, I am. We'll get to that. Girl, that, no, but there's so much. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's yeah. so much. You, you transition from actress. Now you're directing and you're award-winning director, and you're a college professor. You teach acting, right? I do teach acting, um, and I um, have been asked to mentor and teach directing. Um, so I think that will be added to my repertoire more and more. And. You know, I have, I have, truth be told, a little imposter syndrome in that because I, I never, I, I was never educated as a director, but I think I'd probably have a fresh perspective on the directing process. Part of the reason I wanted you here is because there are very few of you, you know, there are very few Filipina directors that are really doing it, especially in theater, that are doing, and they're doing it well, and... We need more of you. <laughs> no, so the idea that you're going to then now go oh. into go to <laughs> yeah. school and create more of you is a great thing. Yeah, because I mean, I really, I really do believe um, strongly in mentorship. I always have um, an assistant, not because I necessarily have a lot of things for an assistant to do, um, or at all require coffee being fetched or anything like that, but because I feel like the most important thing that I have to offer is access. Um, I don't always have a woman of color, you know, but I always try to have um, the person I'm giving access to be female mm-hmm. while identifying. Um, just to say that you're in the room with me. Um, please ask me if you are listening to this. Reach out. Reach no. out. Like, Look, because I just reached out to her on Facebook to see if, because I was like, I wonder if Jennifer Chang will do my podcast. And she hit me right back. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, so many of my assistants are people who just simply asked. Um, and I, I just believe in the power of your own advocacy and, um, also just, I always believe in access. Uh, I will use Facebook to cast and, you know, all of that because I also believe in being able to be accessible. Well, look, part of it is this, that that's the motto of this podcast. Yeah. Tell your story, tell our story, because as you share your story, you're sharing. Yeah our own, all our collective mm-hmm. stories. And the more people realize, like, it's just, it, it's a really cool th- place to be. We, we've come a long way. Yeah. You know, when you think about yeah. coming from, you know, Tish and, and, yeah. and having to lie to your parents and double majoring, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and to yeah. now you're mentoring young women into in, into the field that you at first felt you were an imposter and now you're straight legit. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't think I occupy the directing chair in the way that people um, 
<laughs> expect me to? I mean, do you know Justin Heron? I'm going to call him. Yeah, I know Justin. He, so he used to, he, we did a show, we did Death and Cockroaches, and, you know, one day he put his arm around me, he's like, you know, you don't really direct like other chick directors. <laughs> he's like, Justin, he's like, yeah. Justin. <laughs> Okay, Justin, if you're listening to this, I know Justin ain't listening to this because he's, he's, Justin's Justin. He probably got some nice, real, ha- nice hat on or something and looking himself in the mirror. But, no, I love Justin. But you don't call a director a chick director. Come on, man. That's fine, whatever. And he's like, you know, like other chick directors who feel like they need to, like, puff up and take up space in this way that's very male. He's like, you don't care about that. You don't take up space that way. I was like, no, I, like, why would I waste my energy being something that I'm not? In a room that I know that I can, I can. My leadership style is so vastly different, and I think that it can be confounding to somebody who first meets me and is like, "How does this work?" But um, having been in rooms where I've been observed, like I did the Drama League Directing mm-hmm. Fellowship last year, and was observed in my directing process, and I was told, you know, oh, Gabriel Stallion Shanks, anyone who wants to apply for that program, please do. I will help you. <laughs> like. He gave me some of the greatest, you know, just per- permission and validating statements of like, he's like, how, what you accomplish in a room, he's like, that you direct in a way that is bespoke to the actor. He's like, it's almost like you're creating bespoke, you know, tailored um, suits to mm-hmm. the actor. That's one of it. But also just the amount of work that you can get done in the time that you've been given, he's like, it's really inspiring. He's like, and it's the future because you do it in a, in a style that is completely all your own. Well, I um, think, I think part of it is you started as an actor. Yeah. So you have a little bit more empathy for that actor experience. Whereas like you like you talk like Justin said, you're not like one of those, <laughs> those regular d- d- directors where you have to puff yourself up and make sure you know that you're in charge. Right. You don't have, you don't need that. No. You, because it's about the work. Yeah. It is, it is purely about the work for me. I think, um, I, I joke around that part of the reason why I think I'm any good at directing is a little bit that I don't care. I mean, I care about the work. I care that it's good. I care that it accomplishes what we, and I mean like producers and anyone who's hired me or at, you know, is on this journey with me that we have all said that we have set out to create, uh-huh. you know, and that is the most important thing for me. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not in it. You know, my husband asked me, like, oh, what does it feel like to have won an award? I was like, you know, the same. And I don't mean it, uh, again, out of, like, any pomposity or hubris. No. It's like, it honestly doesn't feel any different to me because I didn't set out for... It's just the gravy. Cri- ...critical acclaim. Yeah. Um, but I am, I would say that what I'm thankful for is that uh, you know, uh, a, a gesture like that helps give me access to be able to continue to do the work. That's exactly it. Um, and allow me to spread the gospel of, um, as Julie Lee says, my new world order, because um, this is where I might really start crying, is um, in, you know, in the, in the audition process for Viet Gone, I had... A life-changing experience of witnessing, you know, actors come in and recognizing that all of these actors were waiting for permission. And I recognized myself and the way that we as Asian Americans function in the world to stay alive, 
you know, and how people of color function to stay alive is that we use our emotional intelligence to read a room and see how we fit into this room mm. and then find our place and then operate within our place. Right. And I was watching that happen in auditions. Mm. And I realized that, you know, for Viet Gong that asks of its primary stars, you know, that they approach the work and the and the play with so much privilege and star power mm-hmm, in the way mm-hmm, that they're not mm-hmm. practiced in. Right. That then I just all I did was ask for that. I asked for that. I asked for people to act like they were British actors or that they had privilege or that they were a white man. Um, I asked actors why they were coming in with that monologue that had nothing to do with them playing a lead character. I asked actors why they were picking, you know, this character to play. And they said, oh, I think I'd be a good supporting character. And I had to tell somebody, I was like, brother, you are a leading man. I was like, you need to pick this one. Go back outside and read that. And I would watch people transform before my eyes. Wow. And I thought... This is what's happening. This is why people think that the talent is subpar. You know, it's not that the talent is subpar. It's that the talent... Has tried to find their place for so long. Yes. And has been... Has not had practice, nor has been asked, because no one's out there who knows how to ask for it. Or right. Or knows what it is. Um, so I was really shook. No, I feel you. I feel you so hard, because I empathize with that experience so much only thing is is this is crazy funny Asians so I empathize (laughs) with it in a totally opposite way (laughs) no because I feel you okay I've been in that audition room where I've auditioned with other actors and you know they're the leading man and I'm the supporting and I'm like yo bro you're the you're the leading go go do your thing right or because I've never I joke around about it all the time. I've never... Eddie Murphy Delirious inspired me to do all of this. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in a red leather suit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But that's good that you have practice in you know, being out there. But part of that too, there's a double-edged sword to that. Like you said, most, most Asian American actors find their place. Right. Right? Or Asian American directors find their place. Sure. And for those that don't want to find their place. You get hammered down. Yeah. A lot. And and I'm fine. Because straight up, like that's part of again, your what what you said and your motivation for the during that audition and the same even though it's exact opposite is the same reason why we're here yeah you know is yeah. it we are here because this is we're claiming it this is our time and yeah. it's our time to share our stories right. it's our time to share our experiences and it, it's not only to share our experiences with the mainstream right it's this isn't for the mainstream. Yeah, but this I, is for us. Yeah, and I also think that it's our time to strive for excellence. Yes. In the sense that, like, I'm, I don't think I'm an amazing director, you know? Like, truly, I, I think I'm just out there trying to strive to create excellent work and trying to 
promote excellence in everyone I work with. Mm -hmm. And if that is my calling in life to be a star maker, then that's what it is. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. First, foremost, you said you cast from Facebook, so we already have a Facebook message thread. Whenever you need <laughs> a brash, crazy dude. Oh, you know it. Well, no. I, I mean, I already know. But, but, I'm, but seriously, like, I am so happy to have you on the show. And, I was, and what you shared today, like, is, it's beautiful because that, even that, that last story about how you shared that, the discovery of folks the, that you were you gave them the permission to be a star on stage and we as asian americans still unfortunately still sometimes need some oh, we need great all the time reminding great leader like you to tell us that. Oh my god! I I need it for myself because like my inner avatar is like this quivering chihuahua. Well, <laughs> well, that chihuahua is one of them. I'm like maybe that might be like the Beverly Hills Ninja Chihuahua. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> Jennifer yeah. Chang. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing you. your story. Thank you. I mean, it was. Uh, I almost made me cry. <laughs> yes. You almost made me cry. I almost cried. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> next time you'll probably next make time. me cry. <laughs> next time, next time you make me cry because we'll talk about like a, a show we worked on together, and then okay. I'll be like so emotional. Great, that's amazing. <laughs> thank, no, thank you for the opportunity. Anytime that I have an opportunity <laughs> to explain what it is I'm trying to do <laughs> is wonderful. Well, no, that's yeah. that's what it is. And seriously. Tell them where they can find you on Instagram. Tell, tell them where they can contact sure. you if they want to, if they're interested. I am in... on Instagram. I'm learning. <laughs> I am the real Changinator. Um, <laughs> I have a website. I'm Changinator.com. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook. I'm very easily findable. And I also teach. It's true. I, um, I am normally at UC San Diego as the head of undergrad acting. And then when I, and this year, I'm doing a visiting professorship at Pomona College. So, she's all over. She's all over. And I'm telling you, she's starting something. She, it's a new style of direction. She's award-winning. She's the new Asian-American theater experience. <laughs> it's true. I, I think I might have found the... Uh, I, I'm not sure yet what the title is. It might, that might be the title. A new wave of Asian-American theater. Colon... Jennifer Chang. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Crazy Funny Asians. Thank you for having me. Share this with your friends. Peace.